This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Have you ever stopped to wonder what exactly success means to you? Is it money, fame, power, all of the above or none at all? I'm Dashran Johan and this is Redefining Success, a show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their lives, what makes them tick and what the word success means to them. Joining me on the show today is Jared Lim. He's a singer-songwriter with the band Jumero. He's also a mural artist. Welcome to the show, Jared. What does the word success mean to you and how do you define it? Thanks for having me. I guess success is some, it's whatever is important to you. And obviously, as you grow older, financial like stability is becomes more ingrained in the in the definition of what success is but um i think what's what's important to you as long as you are enjoying what you're doing and you're able to sustain yourself i'll consider yourself successful right so when you say what it's important to you so what is it what is important to you jared when you look at your own life your own career your own passions um or just reflecting in general that's such a, it's an extremely broad question. Mm-hmm. And I think the definition of that can change over time. But mm-hmm. for if I'm just looking at my own life, um, I mean, a little background about myself. I'm, I'm heavily involved in the art scene in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So since graduating, like I've been involved in the music scene, uh, like teaching music events a little bit. And um, yeah, and then most most recently doing murals. So to me, it's something I enjoy. And the, I think I heard this, um, this one podcast slash interview saying, um, it's, this, this, this is uh, directly related to creatives. Um, if you're able to turn your creative passion and make, it, and make it into a monetary stream as well, that's possibly the hardest thing to do. And it's like, you know, because everyone, like you can have a, a brilliant creative idea but like, and it may the most be the most original thing ever. But the, for it to actually like make you money and turn it into something sustainable, that's extremely difficult. And if you're able to achieve that in some way or another, like whether you're doing that part time and doing something else, I think that to me that is successful. Like that success, like in our stream at least. Obviously, you need to be able to to sort of make you need to make your, you need to live right. You need to. So everyone, and we're all just figuring this out. Coming down into like more, like a nearer form of success, you definitely need goals. Like uh, I need to release a album this year by this year. I need to release, record five singles or write X amount of demos um, by a certain amount of months. Or you need to learn a new skill. And in that sense, you're also achieving many goals. And that is also to me, uh, that that's a very um, whelmed, expectation of your success because i could have dreams of playing red rocks or playing Coachella, you know like um and that's great and it's amazing to have goals that far up but to also have little little um attainable goals not i don't want to say attainable but like a closer nearer you know so aim for like the freaking stars and like you can reach maybe the clouds right i mean that's the saying but basically have many many goals that you can put in front of you so that you can attain it and you know and then you enjoy the journey if you enjoy that process of it Let, let's talk about Jumero a little bit how did Jumero form so Jumero we're pretty we formed pretty organically i'd say none of us um studied music we 
like growing up, like uh, we love music and we played like in the church and basically Mike was the only, one of the only other musicians I knew at that time. <laughs> and like, and my buddy, Brian Gomez, who was also in our neighborhood. So, you know, and then we went to the same church at that time and we played in the worship team or whatever. And like, we kind of grew in that sense, like our, like we knew, we knew each other as friends and as, and that we all played music, music instruments as well. When I say organically though, like we were jammed together, like covers and all, but uh, then I started writing songs and I joined this competition. At that time we were not Jamero, we were just three dudes who played in a, in, a, in our friend's room. <laughs> and um, this one competition, I managed to get into the top 10 and they were, they built like a, a huge stage. And at this time we hadn't peaked anywhere outside. Like the most performance, like uh, experience we had was on the church stage, right? Like um, where everyone's very supportive and amazing. But um, so this one, they built a stage outside the curve, right? This pretty big stage, massive stage. And uh, they, they said, like, you want to perform with the band? So I obviously went to them and we rehearsed this one song for hours, like literally for hours. <laughs> I was so nervous and we went up there anyway. So from that, we made connections with other people in the local scene and we got our first gig. And then, you know, it just kind of took off from there. And we decided uh, two years later to to pick a a name for the band. And that's Jamiro. Right. In a sort of a nutshell. Do you remember the point in your life where you fell in love with the craft of music, where you fell in love with music, and the other point in life where you realized that, huh, this can become my job, this can be my career? I'm trying to think of a, de a definitive point of when I fell in love with music. Because right. I've always liked music. Mm -hmm. um, I've enjoyed listening to it. When I started learning the guitar, like, I always found myself gravitating towards more trying to come up with new riffs and little uh, meshed up at that time chords that I don't even know. I tried to like put little sounds together and, and I thought I got joy out of creating something even though I possibly didn't understand the theory behind it. Right. Uh, um, just like, like I felt there's like a euphoric thing of like, hey, I did this and like, hey, this kind of sounds nice. I mean, to learn any instrument, if anybody listening to here plays an instrument you know like it's a lot of your fingers will hurt and right. you need to really strengthen your like keep the muscle memory there so i was introduced to the guitar uh my dad played the guitar although like we like um he played it for for like church well well a cell group like a mini mini church mm -hmm. of some sort like a little gathering right so he would he'd get a guitar lying around but um we we were, I was, I think I was nine, if I'm not mistaken, and my older brother was two years older than that. And we had like, at that time, a 14-year-old kid uh, teach us four chords. Right. It was like a group percent thing, right? And that went on for like two weeks, something like that. And then, so that was like our basic introduction to that. Apart from that, like um, on my mom's side of the family, like my uncles played guitar and like Christmas gatherings and stuff. So there's always like sort of like a during festive seasons, like music will be playing, being played around, was being played around. So I guess it slowly kind of the interest was never to it, and then we would slowly learn. And then my younger brother would he went for piano classes, so right? 
Yeah, so that, that answers your question. So there's like music ha- has been around there, right? But like it wasn't like go to class, go here and then. But um, but I think um, seeing it's almost like uh, it's it's an art form, right? So mm-hmm. it's an audible art form, and you to write your own songs, and and that was always something that me more than like. And I love people's songs, but I love like learning them. But like when I was playing the guitar. I would find myself gravitating more to trying to compose something, even though maybe like like a simple composition that everyone has probably done before. Or something. Right. But but it took I took joy in that, and then that gravitated towards like wanting to write my own lyrics on, on the songs. So right, yeah, that makes sense. That, and, and then it just kind of grew from there with arranging with the band and vocally arranging it and everything. Right. And at which point in your life did you realize, okay, I can make this a career? So I've studied multimedia design. Right. And prior to graduating, we were already gigging around mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, and I think it was like since we already had like a little bit of a push with music at that time, pushing our original music, and we had played some festivals here and there. And after graduating, I done, had done my internship, and after I finished, I just didn't do what I studied. Like I just decided to try and just really just go for create this album, play as many shows as we can, and yeah. So I think it, I guess at that point, like when we saw like you could make money from this, and people, it's like what people pay you for gigs. You know, in the, in the beginning, it was just like playing free shows like for a whole year. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and it's just like honing, and we loved doing it. I mean, we're students. You know? And slowly, we're just like, what? You know, people pay, and then like, then as you get older, you grow, and uh, you get cheated, but you grow some more. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess that was the point. I guess that was like a point, like a point of. Uh, I mean, that's in every industry, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a definitive point. It's just like, let's do this. Let's give it all. And obviously we do like the little side jobs and stuff like right. doing. I do graphic design on this freelance, you know. Yeah. Um, but the focus was always to push art, the, the music. Talk to me about that journey, right? Where at one point, you know, you just graduated from college. You're still figuring out what you do. Um, you're playing uh, you know, three gigs a year, probably for peanuts. And then, of course, it reaches a point where, okay, now you you, you worry a little bit less less about about getting gigs. You know, people people start to approach you. Uh, people are willing to pay bigger paychecks that you don't have to keep thinking about every day. How, how am I going to live? How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to do this and that? Talk to me about that. How much of determination and effort needs to go to go into it? to reach the point where you can sustain yourself as a musician? And I think the effort is always like there, like it's a, it's not like a super easy route to, mm-hmm. to be doing arts to begin with. So, so it's just about your dedication of, if you have to get like another like part-time job or something, uh, but in order to continue pushing the music, then you do that. But it's just that, I mean, you enjoy what you do, and um, I guess it's more like complete, extremely rich in experience. Like uh, if that's a if that's a, t- a term that right. anyone relates with. So like like I got to see different countries through music, and I think that was something that I fell in love with sharing art with a new audience, people who didn't 
like know what I was singing about even. You know, I got to meet a massive, like a crazy network of cool people. And um, and in terms of like struggles and stuff, I mean, there's always like in, in any industry that you you do, I guess there's like, you need to find a network. You need to be a likable, everyone needs to be a likable person to see, meet new people and whether you get the gig or not, you know, different bands. I mean, we're all in the same kind of a struggle to it. There's a lack of security right. in uh, in um, in something like music or anything art. So anyone doing any sort of a freelance kind of a job, it you're no lo- you're not living paycheck to paycheck, so you don't have that kind of a thing. And I think it's a constant growth process, and I'm still learning, like even today, on like juggling uh, the paychecks and saving for drier months and stuff like that because it's going to happen. Like I mean. Yeah, and everyone everyone experienced something of that with like COVID. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but with freelancing, you need to plan. I guess you need to try and like be more have a bit have foresight. On the show with me today is Jared Lim, singer songwriter and mural artist. After the break, I ask him if the pandemic made him rethink his career. Keep it here on Redefining Success BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Darshan Johan and on the show with me today is Jared Lim. He's a singer-songwriter and mural artist. So, Jared, you also paint uh, murals on the side. Like recently, you have also like you did uh, projects in Langkawi. Um, you know, I- I've seen like some of the work you have done uh, for restaurants and all and it's absolutely amazing. How did that come about? Um, first of all, thanks man for saying my murals are cool. Yeah, so this, okay, so so in terms of an art background, I've always liked drawing, like, since I was young, like, just art. I like my favorite, like, class or lesson was art class or something, mm-hmm. something that I felt like I could sort of excel in. So drawing was something I got sent for art classes, and then I studied multimedia design, which uh, half of that course is basically graphic design. Right. Um, so I've always had, like, a in terms of a visual and art background in that sense, but I never pushed it, or rather I never felt as passionate about it as music, if that mm. makes sense. Like, right. it was some... So so, so even for, for music, I would do the album artwork, the single artwork, you know, all the visuals, posters and stuff mm-hmm. for Jumeiru. Like, I never pushed it. I was doing it, but I was the one designing them mm-hmm. from the logos to the name cards to the album art. And... Um, so in that sense, I was directly involved in Jumeiru, like organization, if right. you put it. It's like, uh, so so yeah, on that sense, that's what I was already doing, but I was never pushing it as, as hey man, like this is what I do. I did that more in a freelance word to mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So murals, on the other hand, like uh, that was something that kind of spawned out of like COVID. Right. <laughs> So COVID hits and music is music is basically dead. Uh, live scene is dead. And so is a lot of other industries. You know, everyone's facing a crazy time and we don't know what's happening. And I start watching videos about murals. <laughs> right. And so, um, and nobody teaches you how to do it. So I'm just watching like a few fillers that I follow on YouTube and some guys did little tutorials and I was doing that for a couple of months. And then I reached out so I used my network from music, um, like restaurant owners, bar owners, you know, so it kind of tallied in with 
that or the studio that we that I go and record at with good buddies of mine. They're all friends, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I sort of. And then you come to a point where like, okay, I want to do this. I want to try this. I want to see if I like this, right? But like, you know, and I don't know. I actually don't know anyone in this, in the mural scene, which is pretty big. There's a, it's a niche, a strong niche community, which I haven't fully met yet, but um, I've met a few, few of them now. But anyway, at that time, how do you practice, right? I mean, what do you get walls to do? So thankfully, like I've got like people who, who opened the idea of, doing one so my first one was at uh was at like it was a drum asia studio that was like i wanted to try it and we had spoken about this prior to the to covid hitting even hmm. so I, it was on my mind it just never ha- i just never had the time to really sit down and figure out how to do that how do i proportionately put an art piece on the wall and stuff like that so anyway after doing that first one like it felt like pretty very euphoric, you know, like drawing on the wall, like literally drawing on the wall, but it was okay. Right. And I loved how the spray paint colors, I've never used spray paint before. I loved how vibrant the colors kind of popped and I just knew that, okay, I'm going to be doing this. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I knew it. I was just like, all right, that's it. I'm hooked. Right. So I'm like, I got to get, so then I was like, I got to get better at it. got to get better at it. And then I just, I've actually been pursuing this, like uh actively because it's it's still a like a baby thing for me like it's i've been doing this for just over a, a year now and um it's taken me yeah it's taken me around man like uh in and when i did these these murals in langkawi remember i was telling you how something that i love about playing music is going and sharing my art right. from different countries i felt this say that i could do the same thing with like i'm going to langkawi and i leave with some art, artwork on the wall and um, it, I mean, it's different, but it's it's sort of uh, has a similar thing right. to it. I, I'm wondering, you know, what were you like during your schooling days? Um, you know, take you take me back ten years, fifteen years ago. Um, did you get good grades? Uh, what were your interests and ambitions back then? Right. Yeah. So, I was homeschooled. Okay. Um, and I don't think. I got very good grades, no. <laughs> Didn't get... That was not really my interest in, like, right. all the, the academic part of it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, not a great uh, academic school student, I would say. <laughs> right. I liked art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything else didn't really make sense to me. So were you uh, always... Did you always feel like, oh, one... You know, even as a kid, you know, like some people, they when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, oh, I want to be a doctor and, and things like that. So when you think about like, what did you want to be when you grow up? Was it always like, I want to be an artist? I want to do something in the arts. Was that always it? Or did you have more, quote unquote, practical or pragmatic uh, ambitions in the sense? Yeah, no, nothing practical if, if that's your reference of uh, practical. So never, not in a... I, I think that's great, yeah. I, did, I was very, I do like sports. So right. at one point I wanted to be, a, I mean, I think everyone wanted to be a professional football, soccer right. player, professional mm-hmm. football player. So there was the sports element into it. Uh, I wanted, okay, the most practical thing that I thought of, because I like animals, I like uh, right. I like dogs. So I thought, hey, I'll be a vet. And I found out it was like medicine. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I know, no, that's not going to work. Um, artist was one of them, but it was like a passing thought. A three D animator. Um, funny enough, musician was never on there when I was young, uh, and then it came. It was a later, 
led to a thing that kind of happened. Like I said, very organically. Right. So, if you go back in time right now, uh, uh, if you could see your 11-year-old self uh, or something like that, and you tell them, tell your 11-year-old self, this is what you're doing uh, right now, today, right. Uh, would your 11-year-old self be surprised or would he be happy? Or how, how do you think your 11-year-old self would react? I think he'd be super weirded out that someone that I'm talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd probably ask about time travel more than anything. Right. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) But but I, yeah, probably, I mean, you obviously think it's cool. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. it'll be, he'd be weirded out and you probably think it's really cool. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, you brought up COVID earlier and how, you know, the music, you know, scene was, you know, everybody's all the, Industries were taken, I mean, you know, uh, took hits in, in, in their own ways. But, you know, the music scene, the art scene, live performance, whether you're a stand-up comedian, musician, all these things took a massive hit because it was not allowed. You were not allowed to do all these things. And these, this was your pr- primary bread and butter. Throughout that COVID period, how difficult was it for you? And were there moments where you felt you know what, I might probably to leave this industry altogether and, and go and take up a 9 to 5 or, or whatever it may be. Not going to lie, man, like lots of thoughts were coming into my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's going to be like uh, everyone would have a similar right. kind of story. It's like you stand up thinking like, yo, what? what's happening? You know, so for the first two weeks, it's like, yeah, this is interesting. And it goes on to like a couple of months and stuff. And it, I mean, I think everyone had some doubts in their mind of what's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was kind of lucky, or, or I was lucky in the sense that uh, I had something to work on. Actually, something I'd like to speak about as well. Right. That I wrote my first song. Two. I wrote two songs. Somehow got linked up to write two songs for like an international indie film. It's actually out. If you're listening to this, I haven't watched it yet. But the movie's called Measure of Revenge. Melissa, Leo, and Bella Thorne are acting in it. Yeah, so I got to work with a producer from the States uh, online, and we were, and I was like, you give me a rough brief. And it was a very interesting, a really cool experience. And then I brought in uh, Krostan Records, and then the producer that we worked with, uh, we recorded our album with him. So I'd writ- I wrote the song, sent it back and forth. Uh, we had one super acoustic song and one, one band-oriented one. And uh, and you got approved, and yeah, so I, that kind of kept me busy for a short bit. So so I wasn't so you know when you are completely idle, then you know your mind runs even mm-hmm. more. But, um, I was lucky to have something to work on. So yeah, and that that move that movie indie movie just came out. I think it's on Apple TV and stuff like that. I need to go watch it though. So, so the song is we haven't announced it yet, but it's out on Spotify. You know, you were kept busy for for a period of time, but you know, COVID really went on. You know, it's it, it you know, like like I said, nobody anticipated. Everybody thought at at one point, oh, it's going to be two weeks, and then it kept going on. It kept going on. It kept going on. Um, people lost yeah, their dude. jobs, and and it was it was uh, really tough. You mentioned that you know there were a lot of thoughts that came into your head. Um, what kept you? going, you know, apart from that busy period where you were working on an independent film, throughout the tough yeah. times during COVID, what drove you to continue pursuing the arts, continue 
um, trying to figure out ways in which, um, you know, you can make this career continue without needing to drop it um, out of um, lack of choices and, uh, you know, and just pick, take up an but office I job. Man. I guess, like I said, the thoughts that did come, you obviously, I tried just not to entertain them. They obviously kept, came, you know, like, uh, it's very, I mean, you'd be completely in denial if you didn't have like a negative thought during a process, like a time like that. Right. Um, but I guess it's, it's just to, it is, everything is actually in your mind and you can, if you entertain it more, then it becomes more of a reality. So I tried learning new things like that would be beneficial to me, like production. I dabbled in a bit of Ableton production and yeah, I mean, I guess I was in a position as well to, to do that. I was looking at other jobs, but I was, I know myself very well um, in terms of what I can or cannot do. But if I did, if I, and there's no disrespect to people who do that, like, but I, I feel, I'd feel probably dead inside. And, um, but if it came down to it, man, I would try, I'd try to like, I, until I have to do that, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. that'll be that for a certain point of time. And I consider myself super lucky that I didn't have to go down that path, um, which is nothing wrong with it either. Just the way I think, tick and what I do. I'm so grateful that I kind of stumble into murals and it's ticking off the way it is. And, and, and music is still super flaky at the moment. It's slowly coming back. Um, I hope it does come back full-fledged. What does it take to be a successful artist in Malaysia. What do you, what kind of mindset do you have to have going in? What kind of sacrifices do you have to make? Be confident in yourself, believe in your art, but don't be proud and arrogant about it. Be a nice person. You make as many networks and connections as you have. Um, at a certain point, your talent is, is not actually your selling point. It's whether that you're a likable person. Will I give this gig to you? Will he play at this festival? Was he cool? Or was he just an arrogant guy? I mean, honestly, that's it's human skills, right? So don't don't be like I, that's why I say be confident in your art. Don't be arrogant about it. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. It's uh it's very much about luck, people you meet and so always give two hundred percent with your performances and be nice to everyone, man. <laughs> it right. doesn't pay off to be snobbish like uh yeah absolutely so i guess that's what i would say to be an, a successful artist in general mm -hmm. i a lot of what i i do i've learned in music like i'm translating over to new roles as well um it's like that in anything right why would you give someone a job versus this person versus that person it's whether he's a he's a cool person both of them mm -hmm. can do the job but i think i like this person more so we'll give it to him right so art is no different i know artists tend to sometimes get in their own head thinking like yeah i am i'm the thing you know i'm i'm it but um and there's nothing wrong with that that's why being confident in your own art and that's why you're doing it to begin with but don't get like if you're just starting out maybe if you're like freaking beyonce and i don't think even if you were beyonce that you should treat people uh differently you know absolutely so, yeah. yeah i i think that's 
fantastic advice and a lot of people perhaps don't really think about that or don't talk about that much you know they just people a lot of times talk about the talent part but i think it's in, it's very important that you brought up you know just how important just having simple people skills um can exactly. you can take you yeah yeah absolutely i think that's fantastic um advice now um you know how how do you measure growth um, because everybody wants to grow, otherwise they will feel stagnant. And you, you can do a nine to five job and you, you want to grow constantly, you can be an artist, whatever it may be. How do you measure whether you're growing as an artist? I guess if you feel super comfortable, then you're probably not growing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, yeah, so, I mean, that's like you said, man, there's so many ways to measure. Growth. Yeah. Uh, and I think beginning of the, of our talk, we were talking about how putting smaller goals in front of you mm-hmm. is a nice, um, it's nice, nice affirmation to see that, oh, I've done this, I've done that. So that's one way to do it. So I'm not super systematic, mm-hmm. okay, as a person. Yeah. That's something I need to learn to get better at. But like, I'm looking at, like, for example, just a simple, simple way of it. It's like this year, I want to paint a building. Right. And um, I want to do X amount of murals. I, I actually applied to a mural festival in Mexico. And like, if I get it, I'll be there painting murals like next year. So I'm very experiential driven as well as, and obviously you've got to be down to earth and to make, make sure that you're, um, you're, you can live off this. And that is a goal in itself. If you can do that, if you can do something that you love and you love the process of getting there to improve, then that's to bring it back into your the whole point of this talk, right? That's to me a success, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy the process that you're doing it to grow. As an artist, you can always get better. Like anyone from you doing music to doing art, like visual arts, you're never actually fully happy with it. You're like, oh, I could have done it better. But at that time and space in your life, if you did your best that you could do then, and then it takes just as much strength to say, okay, I'm ready to release it, you know? So, so that's uh, in terms of art, that's from a very art perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in terms of art, I think you can always grow. In terms of anything, you can always grow. Right. But I'm looking at it in that way. So, yeah, I'm hoping to paint a building this year. So I can that's, use the lift and everything. So. That's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I, I really hope that you, you, you get to do, you know, get to paint the building. Um, one last question, Jared, before we wrap this conversation up. What does it feel like waking up every day? doing something that you love knowing that your career the way you make money is based is you know because of your passion what does that feel like so i don't know if it happens every day but every every now and then like i stop and think and i feel extremely blessed and grateful that i can do something i love and that's yeah and and to yeah if i i'm i'm i really am grateful for that on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Jared. That was Jared Lim, singer-songwriter and mural artist. If you missed any part of the conversation, you can check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Before the commercial break, I'm going to be leaving you with a song from Jared for the movie Measure of Revenge, titled Don't Wanna Let You In. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Redefining Success, BFM 89.9. together we 
could find forever And get lost in the stars No flags, no laws Could leave all our baggage behind Two clouds in the wind Drifting pure in a whim Could float right past the beyond Knocking I'm running You're waiting I don't wanna let you in Falling for you Doesn't change that I don't wanna let you in There's nothing here but pain Nothing here to gain said find a reason to get close to the sun I thought we were searching you thought we were done ain't no point in shedding tears no point in seeking love the legends you shared will just tear us apart Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.